Hey friend, do you love the smell of books? Maybe you absolutely delight in the sound of a pen gliding across a page as you write. Hi, my name is Shira Rodriguez, and I am a Jesus follower, a writer, entrepreneur, and lover of all things boho and books. In this podcast, I want to take you on a journey of discovering yourself, discovering God and your passions, and how to make your life beautiful and so full that it overflows into the lives of others. And over here, we are not about compartmentalizing life. Oh no. Over here, we talk about holistically taking your life and presenting it as a place where others can be blessed just by knowing you. Are you excited? I am. So snag your favorite mug of tea or a pen and paper and let's jump in. Because you're listening to Her Reading Life Podcast. Hello friends. How was your weekend? I hope you've had some delightful romps or adventures, or been able to take a quiet moment or two in silence. I feel like we too often underestimate our need for silence, especially during busy weekends. <laughs> Now, I'll be completely honest, this last week was a tough one for me. To the point that uh, at the end of the week, I simply crashed and curled up quite literally into a little ball of self-pity on my bed. I felt lonely, unheard, and frustrated, like a balloon swelling up with hot air until it bursts. Now, most of this wasn't true. I wasn't actually alone or unheard or really had any valid reason for frustration. I just believed that somehow I was getting the short end of the stick in life. As I spoke with my parents, however, they slowly helped me to see that my miserable situation wasn't quite as deplorable as I perceived it. My complaining about everything, my narrowing in like a telescopic lens, made me focus on everything that was wrong. My problems swelled before my eyes like the ladybugs I used to stare at through a magnifying glass on hot summer days when I was little. You know, the ladybug wasn't actually as big as she appeared through the glass, Remove it and you'd find the enormous insect was really about the size of two pinheads. <laughs> Our problems and complaints are like that. So many times we rant about the things we wish we could change in our lives. The siblings, the school, the friends, the position, the income, the followers, even the books and entertainment industry. And how unfair it all is and why somebody doesn't do something about these things and hang it all. Why are we always the problem when they're the real problem? We think that if only we figure out what's wrong, if we only complain a little louder so they can hear us, if we only let the frustration out, then the problem will be fixed. Or rather, we act almost as though we expect the problems to disappear from our imaginations and memories. But life isn't like that. You get what you focus on, friends. If you're focusing on all the things that are wrong or off or incorrect, you're only going to see the crooked board in the straight fence. So, to go back a little to my story of last week's struggles, my parents recommended that I keep a gratitude journal daily. Gratitude, they told me, reminds you of all the blessings you do have. Instead of clouding your vision with all the things you think are out of your reach, And even those things that are out of your reach, you thank God for in advance. I used to do this so often before I got, quote unquote, too busy. And now I'm realizing what a detriment it's been to me. 
I'll be honest, I was terrible at keeping a gratitude journal, but I always started my personal prayer with thanksgiving and gratitude for everything from the pink wash of the sky at sunrise to the air I was breathing in that moment to my family sleeping peacefully in the second floor above me. I want to lead my heart back into not just a ritual, but a habitual posture of gratitude and humility. I want to love and believe with every fiber of my being and see the possibility and grace of every moment. And even as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing that this affects all of life. From the food that we eat, I'm honestly still working on some of those picky food habits, to the books we consume. So often we complain about how books nowadays aren't as good as the ones from the good old days or how some tropes are just abused by overuse and recycled more than plastic. But the truth is our rants will not help matters any if no one does anything about them. However, what if, and now I want you to allow me to stir the embers of your imagination into flame, you took all of your complaints and rants and did something about them. What if you wrote something that turned a trope on its head and turned something dilapidated into something delightful? What if you asked readers what they want to see in books and wrote about it? Actually, that's exactly what Valerie, Ryan, Christian, and I are about to discuss in this episode. In case you didn't remember from the last episode, I invited some lovely bookish friends of mine, as well as fellow writers, to share some of the books that have changed them profoundly and helped them become the young women they are today. I was so honored to have these amazing and inspiring young women with me on this call. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, I highly encourage you to listen to it to catch the full conversation. Today, I'm continuing last episode's discussion where I asked the girls to share what they want to see in future books. Listen to Valerie's answer as she dives deep into this. What is the number one thing you'd like to see people actually solve in the book world? I, I like how you put that. We Instead of getting hung up on tropes and oh I don't like this cliche or oh I don't like that let's focus on well what you know as writers do we want to in the book world instead of less of one thing that I have been really I guess intrigued by or wanting to explore more both in other also in writing my own is just kind of seeing books done a little bit less formulaic. I read a book recently that I can't recommend because of not list the title, but I really liked how it was a historical fiction novel, post-World War II, really interesting era in this country that was um, under Soviet rule, and there was um, a fantasy element. So, you know, you know, usually we think of historical cut and dry, and I mean, I love historical fiction, so it's never dry, but you know what I mean. It's kind of yes. very, very fact-based, um, but in this book, um, the author used elements of fantasy to create metaphors and to create parallels, and so, for example, she would describe that the character was every morning she would have to piece herself back together. So like mentally she would like connect her finger hands to her wrists, her wrists, arms, and kind of, you know, obviously I can infer, right? The author's giving us this um, of someone who has been broken by the war. And now every morning, you know, from the trauma of what they've experienced, they're now having to piece 
ourselves back together in order to get up out of bed in the morning. And um, she used the, uh, my favorite part was she used um, the concept of the world being black and white, you know, under Soviet rule and how under communism, there's no individuality, there's no freedom of expression, but then every time a character would express some sort of rebellion or some sort of opinion, um, certain colors would come back. And so then the characters could see red or they could see blue. And I just thought that was so interesting and such a vivid picture of what they're experiencing. And so it made me feel like, okay, I want to write a book that is sure historical fiction, but has a twist that makes you think of things a little bit differently or, um, or vice versa. You know, I think it can be done in a variety of different genres and in a variety of different ways. But um, even the fact that maybe YA books or romance books tend to have these tropes or cliches, I think there's a way to combine them and, you know, have, have both, I guess. So. I love that. Yes, definitely. Actually, I remember something I was telling my dad when I, he would read my work and I would tell him about when I was writing. I was like, oh, dad, but it has to be like a literary fiction genre. It has to be historical fiction. And he's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. okay, I'm not track. I, I can't keep track of all these genres. and many yeah. um, But he's like, you know what? But at the end of the day, it's not about whether you're writing the genre or not. It's about just write a good book. Don't be afraid to break some rules because you think, oh, this is not going to sell or something like that. Just write a good book that speaks to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love this question. And as a writer in a very underused genre, of course, I want to see more magical realism, which is what I write. It's a beautiful technique and not a lot of people even know what it is. So for those of you who might not know what it is, it's basically interweaving the magic in the mundane. It's kind of highlighting the things that we see as normal and ordinary as being more than that. Um, usually has a bit of a supernatural tone. And I think it's just a really cool technique. But on a whole, spanning, I don't know, the entire literary world, I want to see just more thought. I simply want more <laughs> books that are beautiful and have merit. And obviously there's a place for books that are just escapists or just for fun but there are so many books that I feel like are being churned out that have zero substance and yeah I just love finding writers like you guys who clearly care <laughs> about craft and care about the message that you're sharing instead of just like adding to the noise that's already there I love that that's such a beautiful way of saying it for you know um having magic in the mundane I love that yeah so much and there's there's so much um stuff in our modern world you know where we have we're, we're just we have so much of everything in quantity that sometimes we're like hey can I have a little bit of quality we don't want it to be like super long we don't need it to be a lot we just need a really good something right and, and that's that's like like Ryan said that's what I love about you guys you guys really care about the quality of things and not just like Ryan said you know adding to the noise that's so beautiful yeah similar to what Ryan said I'd I'd love to see books with more substance that are truth influenced um, not necessarily so overtly Christian but I think exploring Christian themes in kind of a subtler way that that clearly communicates everyday truths that we see in the world, um, but without kind of, I guess, pounding you over the head with it. And I think it, it's really important that we have writers who are willing to dive into the tough topics with sensitivity and courage and 
willing and able to give real world answers from the Bible um, to problems that we see around us. That's beautiful. Yeah, because there's a lot of topics that I wish some books tackled or that they kind of just tap into, but they don't go as far as I would have liked because let's be honest, there's stuff out there. There are real world problems. And just because something is clean or because we're afraid of, you know, oh, this is a Christian book, you know, Christ himself even tackled some pretty heavy stuff and met with people that, well, let's just say they didn't have the cleanest uh, background, (laughs) but he reached out to them. So if Christ did that, what should be keeping us from really addressing those things and healing the hurts and being really sensitive, but still telling the truth, you know, in love? So I really love that you pointed that out, Christian. Yes, exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. Yes, we need those books. Mm-hmm. Yes, we absolutely do. Hey there, listener. Are you enjoying this episode? I truly hope so. Now that you've made it this far, I'm guessing you probably like reading. A lot. (laughs) And you're in luck because I do too. In fact, I love reading so much that there are very few times during the day where I don't have my head stuck in a book or listening to audiobooks. But let's be honest. Sometimes we don't have the time to prepare that idyllic reading moment with a cup of coffee or a mason jar with chilled iced tea. Sometimes you just have to read on the go. I'd love to share with you my absolute favorite reading apps that I've honestly fallen in love with over the years. I can honestly say that these apps have radically transformed my reading life and enabled me to discover books that I would never otherwise have stumbled upon or had the opportunity to read. And the best part, you can get this list for free right now if you wish to. All you have to do is head over to your favorite browser and type bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Shira G. Rodriguez. Or you can click on the link in the show notes below to access this completely free resource. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and find out which one of these apps becomes your favorite. Before we jump back into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a secret project I'm working on, and I think this might be right up your alley. You see, for years, I looked for a writing and reading community of young women who delighted in exploring ideas, discovering books together, and worked together to compose literary masterpieces and enduring friendships. Does this sound a little like a feminine inklings club? Okay, yeah, maybe it does a little bit. But recently, however, I've been beyond blessed to find other young women who yearn for the same kind of connections I did. And if you're someone whose heart is just burning right now, listening to me talk and getting all excited, I have amazing news for you. I'm working on a community-based project that I'm so excited to give more details about. If you're interested in learning more and joining, hop onto my waiting list by heading over to bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. I so hope to see you there, friend. And now let's jump back to the episode. What would you say to someone who's just a step behind you in the reading and writing journey? Because, you know, all of us are not where we want to be, but there's always somebody behind us. Somebody who is right now where we were maybe six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. What would you say to each of these people? 
Yeah, for sure. I think what I've always said to people who maybe aren't either avid readers or don't love reading quite as much, what I always say to them is there's a book for everyone, there's a genre for everyone, and you just haven't found yours yet. I absolutely believe that everyone has the potential to love reading, um, even if it's not they just can't get into like reading a physical book or an ebook. A lot of people will then love audiobooks or they'll love um, having a book read to them or something like that. And um, so that's what I usually recommend to people who maybe aren't quite as into reading as they'd like to be or are trying to be more diligent in reading is just keep exploring. If there's a genre or a book that didn't work for you don't keep trying that same genre that same book like try something yes. different I promise there are other authors and there are other um topics and stuff that you can explore um and as far as the writing journey I think the biggest thing I've learned even just in this last year with publishing your home is here is just that the only way you'll be able to in a sense, talk about your book with confidence is if you have confidence in yourself. Um, I don't think that I necessarily um, garnered as much attention until I actually believed in my own book. I think people can tell when you're unsure or when you're doubting yourself. And of course, like imposter syndrome and writer's block are just kind of a part of being a writer. But if you can find a way to do your best with your work and feel really confident about it. That's what's going to bleed kind of um, uh, influence other people, influence other readers. And it just kind of seeps out. It's contagious. Um, I know that that's how I've gotten sucked into buying other people's books. It's like, well, they make it sound just awesome. So of course I'm going to buy that. So um, if you're writing and you're feeling discouraged, wherever you are in the process, whether you're editing, trying to get it ready, if you're querying to agents or if you're, in the trenches, trying to form ahead and trying to figure out how to self-publish. Um, just do your best, have confidence in your work, and the, the rest will follow. That's so beautiful, both for reading, because um, I've had so many friends that come to me and they're like, hey, uh, my daughter doesn't like reading. What should I do? <laughs> or things Bye. like that. And Or, you know, they're like, oh, I'd really like to start reading, but I just don't like any of the books I pick up. And so, so many times they think, oh, I'm just not a reader. It's just that you haven't found your book. You have not found the type of book that really inspires you and invigorates you. And that's okay because each one of us is wired differently. And that's a beautiful thing. God wired each of us differently. So of course you're not gonna like the same books that maybe I do. Of course you're gonna have different tastes. It's part of the beauty of being human, of being created in God's image and having God's creativity in each of us. And so I love that you talked about that. And I love also how you talked about um, the writing and, and how you have to have confidence in yourself. Because honestly, when you radiate that energy, people are attracted to that. They're like, oh, her book must be really good. She really believes in that. And I mean, automatically, even for leaders and politicians, when they're talking out there, when they really look like they believe what they're saying and are really passionate about that, that passion is contagious and people get excited and they come on board. That's what leaders have, that charisma that people are just like, oh, I want to follow them because they, they sound like they really know what they're doing or they really sound excited about this. I want to join this movement. Absolutely. How about you, Ryan? 
Yeah. So definitely second all those thoughts about the reading journey. And I think it's really cool that we live in an age where we have stories in so many different forms. Like we have movies and shows and video games and songs like really at their core. These are all stories and we all enjoy stories in these different ways because I think it's just a human thing. We like hearing stories and many of us like telling stories. Um, when it comes to the writing journey, I would say to not do this alone. I think that the arts aren't meant to be completely solitary, as tempting as it can be for us introverts. Um, it takes community and just life experience to be a good writer. And obviously it's gonna look different for each individual and depends on whether they're you know, hoping to write for a career or just for the fun of it. But I guess in the broadest sense, just put yourself out there, do the things, talk to people, let the experiences and the people you meet and get to know affect your writing. And it's going to affect it in ways you might not have imagined. That's beautiful. I love that. Yes. And, you know, like so many times we isolate ourselves being, you know, because we're afraid, oh my goodness, what? You know, what if somebody rejects me or because we're uh, deep down inside, we're really terrified of, you know, mm -hmm. unknowns and what could happen, especially when it comes to people. But honestly, sometimes people are the ways that we grow. Like we need people in order to grow and to become the person that we need to be. And I love this other quote that um, I don't remember who said, I think it's like the author is unknown, but I really have taken this as my life motto be the same person five years from now except for the books that you read and the people that you meet because books transform you their ideas but people also transform you they there are times there are people in history that their lives have been totally transformed that their course has totally shifted because of the people that they met or the books that they read so i absolutely love that point that you made there yeah that's a great quote. <laughs> Thank you. I love it, it so much. I honestly yeah. do. I need to like frame it or something. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So good. So how about you, Christiane? Yeah. So I think I would say don't give up, which I think applies to both reading and writing because there's, there's something to be said for pushing through some of those longer, harder books to read. Oh, yes. Like the classics. Um because you can really find some gems in there and really come away encouraged um, by those kind of books. Um, but also with writing, I think it's easy to compare ourselves to other people who are maybe further along in the journey or have gotten there quicker than we have. Um, but I think it's important to realize that each journey is unique and just really take time to enjoy the process because every day you, you sit down to write is another day you're improving your craft and getting closer to achieving your dreams. And I've seen this even in my own writing journey in the past few years. Um, two years ago, I never would have imagined that I would have two first drafts finished by now um, because I was such a perfectionist then. Um, but I think just showing up every day really helped and just taking it one step at a time. Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations for doing two drafts. That is not easy. That is a huge accomplishment. And I can relate to being a perfectionist, too, as well. That was that was gold. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because um, um, honestly, you can so often think 
that your your draft isn't good enough and you go over it and over it and you just have there's a point where you just have to let it go and just let it be what it needs to be and then you can go over and fix those mistakes but oh the part that I found really beautiful um in particular was um where you were talking about you know not comparing yourself because and, and not getting upset you know when you think oh my goodness this person got there quicker what's wrong with me um because I think especially nowadays it's and and with with social media um, it's so easy to get stuck in a comparison game. You know, I, I like to call it, you know, getting a ticket to the comparison game. Um, because there's just so much on display and it's so easy to compare yourself and feel like you're not good enough. And suddenly, you know, you go down a spiral downward. But honestly, just being okay with that process and finding the beauty in the process is part of really enjoying life and discovering and that's part of the success like successful people it isn't just where they're going it's their process and the people that they become in the process exactly yeah i think sometimes we get so focused on the destination that we forget you know all the ways we're growing and learning along the way yes absolutely Did you enjoy that conversation? Don't worry. You'll get to hear more next time as we dive into how these incredible ladies live, give, and repeat to the fullest and create a beautiful life that blesses others. And in case you're curious about what I want to see most in future books, because as per usual, I forgot to answer, I would honestly say that I want to see books that simply make my heart yearn for pure beauty. The sort of beauty that goodness has when it's so pure, it makes your heart ache and pulls tears from your eyes. Like the grace that defines Jean Valjean from Les Miserables or the beauty and love that defines Antonia from My Antonia. The courage that defines Reepy Cheap from The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Books that birth what C.S. Lewis used to call Zenzucht. This is a German word, and C.S. Lewis used to use it to describe an aching desire, a yearning for that glorious other world that reminds me that these are only the shadow lands we're living in. Those are the books uh, I want to read, and honestly, that I want to create. And as for advice for readers a step behind me who want to dive more deeply into reading, I would say to read what you love. Read what excites you and interests you. Don't bother about the latest and greatest, the New York Times bestseller or a celebrity's must-read list. If a self-help inspires you, start there. If fantasy inspires you and fascinates you, start there. If space travel and astronomy fascinates you, start there. Whatever makes you desire to read and goes with your God-given purpose and interests, start there. And little by little, you'll teach yourself to love reading and you'll be able to swim into deeper waters. In fact, I'll be releasing an episode later on this very topic where we'll talk about how to dive into new genres that maybe you haven't gone into before. 
or how to start reading if reading hasn't really been your thing. So definitely look out for that episode because I will be releasing it soon and we'll dive far more into all of this. If you're a writer who's maybe just starting out or drafting your first serious short story or novel or outline, I would say two things. Number one, write what God has put in your heart. You might be tempted at times to worry that your genre might not be lucrative anymore or that nobody reads the style you write or people are tired of the trope that you've weaved into your plot. But dear, dear friend, let me set your anxious mind to rest and remind you that all that really matters is the story that is inside you. If you feel a calling to share this story, don't let any doubt or fear drive that passion from your heart. Your story, your message matters. And number two, persevere. When you feel like giving up or that nobody cares about the words you're pouring your soul into, you grab those intrusive, nasty little goblin voices by the collar and tell them first to shut up. And then I want you to thank God for the incredible audience he will give you and the impact your book will have on thousands. Yeah, I said thousands, because a book has a potential to reach people beyond you. It has a life of its own once you publish it. Thank God until it all becomes so vivid, so real, so tangible, you could almost swear you were already there. Look, I'm not saying you won't face rejection. You will face rejection. But so did every single author who ever became an overnight success. From J.K. Rowling to Ellen Montgomery to Ernest Hemingway to Charles Dickens, the only thing that really makes them any different from you or me is that they persevered. They continued to write. They continued to try again. And with that, sweet friends, I'll close out this episode. I hope this discussion has inspired you and whet your appetite for a posture of gratitude and hope in every area of your life. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and what you would like to see in future books. DM me on Instagram or answer on Spotify. I have a question box where you can tell me all about what you would like to see in future books below the episode. I love you all and thank you so much for listening, friends. Until next time, continue to live, give, and repeat. Yay! You did it! I'm giving you a lovely big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Her Reading Life podcast. If you'd like to access all the wonderful links I mentioned in this episode, visit my website at bio.site slash Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Rodriguez. There you can access my blog posts, resources, and so much more. Also, check out my Instagram page for more inspirational content and join my email list for insider secrets and exclusive updates on special events. The links are in the description box below. Also, if you could take a minute and leave a review for this podcast, that would be amazing. We're able to reach so many more people because of your reviews and ratings. I can't wait to chat with you next time, friends. Keep living, giving, and repeating. Now. 
to take a quiet moment or two in silence. I feel like we too often underestimate our need for silence. And these things are getting in the way. So let's see what we do with you guys. Uh, okay, so... I just wanted to include this just for fun, but... Just letting you know, this is what it's like recording. <laughs> um, so I'm in my mom's closet right now, and I'm recording the episode for today, or for Monday. And there's a whole bunch of um, hangers that are right in front of where my microphone is, if you hear all this clinking. Yeah, that's that's what they are, and so I'm trying to move them out so that I can be in front of the camera um yeah so i just thought it was fun i always think behind the scenes are hilarious because they're a lot more honest than uh people would care to think and much less glamorous than it looks once everything's edited down Okay, now we're ready to record.